This is the Better Reading Podcast platform with stories behind the story, Jane's Be Better Podcast, my book chat with Caroline Overington and more. Looking for a particular podcast? Remember, you can always skip to it. Welcome to the Better Reading Podcast, stories behind the story, brought to you by Belinda Audio. Listen to Belinda Audiobooks, anywhere, everywhere. Hi, this is Cheryl Arkell from the Better Reading Podcast, stories behind the story. We talk to authors about how they came to tell us their story. Nat's what I reckon. Nat... Welcome to Better Reading. Thanks for having me. We feel today we've got a star in the office. It wrong? really is one of those days, yeah. Where are they? <laughs> You're sitting right there. <laughs> Thanks. <laughs> I'm super excited about you. Do you know what I feel like? I feel that I have a personal relationship with you. You know, sometimes when you listen to a podcast and there's the intimacy of um, voice mm. and you feel, you know, you feel that you're connected to the narrator. Mm-hmm, yeah. When you first started those cooking shows, I discovered, I don't know how it came across it and I saw it and I thought, oh my God, that guy is talking to me. I really, <laughs> really related and resonated to that because I feel so many people eat such crap food. Yeah, we've all done it. We've all done it. All I try done. not to do it. Yeah. Tell me how that video came to be. The first cooking video? Mm. Um, I'd had a couple of cracks at making cooking videos before, but they were pretty shit. Mm. It was kind of that, that time when the bushfires were on. Mm. I'd just come back from LA with my partner. I tried to move over there to make a go of it with mm-hmm. my content and stuff and was travelling around making videos that were not cooking involved mm-hmm. at all. And then I came back and the COVID thing kicked in and I think we were staying in an Airbnb. We were like, well, this is probably the last get out of town thing we were able to do before the lockdown. And I had this idea to make a cooking video what, what what inspired it was I went to the shops and I just saw like no one's mm-hmm. people suddenly starting to boil the toilet paper and frozen pizzas and all that shit. I don't know something the switch flicked in my head. I was like, why are people buying this shit? Mm-hmm. This sucks. Like we're going to spend a lot of time inside. We're going to spend a lot of time mm-hmm. very likely hanging out with fuck all to do. And I'm like, well, cook. We should cook some shit mm-hmm. and don't fucking eat this. It sucks. Mm-hmm. So for those of you that don't know, the premise of those early videos was don't eat packet food. And so what was the first one? The The first one was called Quarantine Sauce, how to make quarantine sauce. Was that the cabanara? No, that was the tomato sauce. Oh, that was the tomato tomato sauce. basil sauce. Yeah. 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 I mean, how simple is that? You don't even need a recipe. But that's the thing. Like, there's so many. Yeah. And then you get those jarred ones that oh, never taste like anything. <laughs> Disgusting. Yeah. Yeah. No, I think I've told you that this story, but I'm going to tell our listeners. I think it's another reason why I felt a strong connection with you is um, when I was little. Um, so I grew up, you know, as all our listeners know, in a Lebanese Australian family. Mm-hmm. My parents immigrated. 
I think it was the late 50s, early 60s. And my mother was just one of those people who really wanted us to go out there in the world. She wanted us to meet people. She wanted us, you know, and we were really little. little, And she never said no to sleepovers, you know. And no one in my family was game game enough to do a sleepover except Uh me, right? And so I did. And this lovely lady called my mother and asked her what I would eat for dinner. Mm. Like, what would she give me? And for some reason, my mother must have been trying to keep it simple because, you know, she was such a great cook. Right. She said, oh, she eats chicken soup. Mm-hmm. And then when I got there, <laughs> I think I told you this at lunch, when I got there, it was this big wooden table, beautiful house in Glebe. Mm-hmm. You know, here I was probably, you know, six or seven or whatever. And she brings out dinner uh, and it is chicken soup, but it's chicken packet soup right. and there was no chicken in it. Right? <laughs> and I start crying. Crying, that's right. Yeah. I remember you telling me this. Yeah. yeah. And she then gets up and calls my mother, right? And then right. my mother says, bring it to the phone. And then I get into so much trouble about being rude <laughs> and not eating. But do you know, it was so foreign to me to see something in a packet. Mm. Like I'd never even seen a fish finger because my parents, we lived near the fish markets and they'd buy a whole fish. No, I don't think they sell heaps of fish fingers at the fish markets, funnily no. enough. No. <laughs> no, they don't. <laughs> they don't. So talk to me how that idea came about. Was it, did you, were you passionate about food yeah, growing up? Yeah, I was passionate about food, but I was passionate about a lot of things. I'm a musician first and foremost, it's kind of my thing. I was, yeah. I want to make a go of it playing rock and roll and the kind of music I like playing. People, you know, it's a bit harder to get get going, <laughs> I suppose, to make money out of it at least. And in terms of my, like, comedy career, it's been about the inspiration to do this stuff is just I need something to fucking whinge about. I need a... Mm. I need a way to explain the world around me and my way of doing that is to take the piss out of all this apparently normal shit because it's not really that normal. The bigger videos that started off, like I started engaging with people with me wandering around trade shows that I knew I fucking did not want to go to Mm. and that's what was funny about it because I was like, Mm. what the fuck is all this? It's just carry on and the world carries on so much and I think it's really funny. Mm. Same with the jar sauce. It's another bunch of carrying on. It's kind of taking the piss out of me. I'm like, this is not, this is weird. I think mm. this is weird. People are such incredible things and so talented and f- hilarious. People are funny things too, you know? Mm. And it's like, we can have a laugh about how fucking shit that is. Mm. Mm. I worked um, in a supermarket, Woolies at Marrickville, mm. when I was little. Uh, well, when I was in high school. And I used to, because it was such a mundane job, and so, you you know, your mind gets going and you start mm. fantasising about things. And so when somebody would start, and it was back in the days where you had to type in the price, not yeah. scanning, I would make an assessment of about that person's character. Mm-hmm by the groceries that were in their car. I always worry about that stuff too. Do you? Yeah, like my having my fucking trolley analysed. Yeah, you do. I buy people now, but I, I, I suppose that's it, isn't it? It's like, what's going on in that trolley? Yeah. Yeah. It tells a story. <laughs> it does. It tells a story. Yeah. So therefore, like if I had a crush on someone, like maybe there's some guy that came in and bought something. Right. It would be re- food related. Right. Like if he started buying frozen pies, then yeah, I can't I was about have the to say crush. Sergeant's pies. Yeah, <laughs> that's what for me. Um, but there was one person that I have still. I mean, you know, she must be, f- you know, eighty years old now. Mm. Big red hair, 
and gorgeous looking woman, a lot older than me, but I wanted to be her when I grew up mm -hmm. because in her basket every week was only fresh vegetables, mm. fresh fruit, a little bit of dairy, a little bit of this. Yeah. So I started fantasizing about living her life. Right. Yeah. <laughs> it's weird, right? <laughs> <laughs> You're working at a checkout. What no, else? No, I kind of get do? that. I don't think that's that weird. Yeah, <clears throat> I, I think it's yeah, it's curious the trolley fantasy. Yeah, of a person's life. You've you should go into a supermarket and do something like that. Yeah, that'd be fun. I don't. I can't imagine too many supermarket <laughs> chains going to fucking welcome me in <laughs> no, the swan no. about and hang shit on all the products. <laughs> yeah, maybe not. <laughs> Hanging shit on your trolley. <laughs> that's what I reckon. Maybe yeah. not. Maybe not. Okay. All right. So then you do, you make this video. So, so where did, did you grow up in Sydney? Yeah. Yeah. And went yeah. to school here. And, yeah, yeah. It was a bunch of them. Yeah. And were you a bunch of schools? Yeah, a lot were of you a, new, a naughty kid? No, I just sort of changed schools a lot. I yeah. was. I was. Yeah. I was shit at school. I was mm. definitely not. I was mm. a rat bag. Mm. But I wasn't. Um, no, I was a bunch of public schools, and then mm. just wanted to have a go at all the schools. Yeah. Just wanted to <laughs> try them. just try them all out, yeah. <laughs> try them. Best of the <laughs> northwest. Do you know that notion of changing schools? Because I know people do that. Mm. Or these days people, you know, ask their kids where they want to go to school. Yeah. I mean, that was just not in my parents' vocabulary. We, you know, this is where we live, this is where you go to school. Yeah. And it's not negotiable. You couldn't come home and say I didn't like school. That just wasn't even No, that's that's not, not a conversation. No. no. So that that was us. So that notion of people going to lots of schools. So you then thought that you wanted to be a musician. Mm -hmm. That was your area. Yeah, area. yeah, I knew yeah. that from early mm -hmm. days, yeah. Mm -hmm. And do you still do music? Yeah, heaps, yeah. Heaps, yeah. Um, Mostly for my channel stuff now, more than – I mean, I started a covers band for my partner's 40th the other day, but the live music things had to pump the brakes while this – Comedy stuff's kind of taken its place on stage for a while, yeah. but still play hopes of music. Yeah, right. And I don't know if you can see it from your perspective, but I don't know the answer to this. What do you think? Because really, for you, it was full on after that first video. Yeah. Right? Why did that speak to so many people? I think there was plenty of people that had the shit about what was going on, and it wasn't particularly funny. And maybe I made a few people laugh, mm. or maybe people think the same way, just like, yeah, it's fucking good point, you know. It, it's, this stuff sucks. Mm. I've eaten that shit. It was fucking shit. Mm. But also it's not entirely about the food. Mm. It's about like, I don't know, I've really liked that, that way of communicating with the world around you. Just, mm. just cut the shit and just fucking say what's up. Mm. It's a scapegoat for what's going on, jar sauce, really. I just need something to mm. blame. And it's a fucking jar of sauce, It's mm. you know. Mm. It's not punching in the wrong direction there. And, um, yeah, I think breaking down that wall of food so scary and hard to make mm. good shit, it's like mm. you're wounded when you fuck dinner up, you know. Mm. You and don't there is a pretentiousness about it, isn't there? Yeah. You kind of that. took it down a couple of notches so people would understand. Well, it's different. Everything has its place. Like the foodie thing is mm. I probably wouldn't consider myself even a foodie, mm. not in that respect that, like, I don't. Like, I find the degustation quite frustrating. Like I hate them. I'm um, so glad you said that. Yeah. <laughs> I don't want to eat for seven hours as well. No, just, I'm, I it's think, I think we're much. probably on the same page, yeah. yeah. Like, I like that one. Can I have, like, a full bowl of that, yeah. though? Yeah. <laughs> that is exactly me. Just yeah. give me one thing, you know. Um, and I love the, like, yeah, can I pick it? Yeah. Like, 
yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah. And everything has its place, you know. I try not to yuck the yum all mm. the while, kind of hanging shit on the right stuff. It's like the... So you really did take off, though, to a phenomenal level. Like, Mm. I mean, I guess you started – what's your main medium? Is it Facebook or Instagram? It's been a lot of them, but at that time it was mostly Facebook and YouTube, yeah. So what what were the numbers like? So you were zero day one? No, it wasn't – yeah, so we had like a modest following before then. Oh, you did? I think before the cooking video, I think somewhere around 300,000 people were following me. Oh, already? Okay. So I'd been at it for – a while, like yeah. a good five, six years before then, I think, mm-hmm. maybe even longer. And what were you posting, music videos? No, videos of me wandering around trade shows and oh, okay. I went to fucking Roswell looking for aliens and did oh. all sorts of stuff, like make these kind of short documentaries or right. just go to ridiculous places and have a laugh about all the ridiculous shit. But the cooking video, that got a million views really quickly on Facebook and that then continued to go at such a rapid pace that I was like, well, fucking better make another one of those. Yeah. And I did. I'm like, I have so much to say in this department. I cook food fucking all the time. Yeah. And I'm, I've been a puritanical mouthy fuckwit about plenty <laughs> fucking, plenty of fucking dishes. So I'm like, this is great. I've got heaps on this. Yeah. And let it rip into carbonara. It's like, you can't fucking put cream in it. Oh, I love that one. That's my favourite. And then milk and bolognese. And everyone yeah. fucking spun their head about yeah. that. I ended up in the newspaper and on the telly. And like, well, you're putting milk in your bolognese. Like, yeah. Italians have done it for years. What spoke to people? Uh, with the cooking videos? The swearing, yeah. I think. Do you think it was just the swearing? I don't think it's just the swearing. I think it was a bit of like, this is fucking, this sucks. But and do you think everybody went out there and made the carbonara? I mean, I did. Of, heaps of people did, yeah. Yeah. Now, a lot of people shared that with me. Like, the good thing about some of those mediums like Instagram and stuff like that is that people tag me in their videos of them making it. I love it. And they're like, fuck, that was easy. Mm. Yeah, how good is that? I often say, because, you know, social media gets bagged so much as we know, but really when it's good, it's fantastic, the interaction. Like with us, like Mm. being a reading community, Mm -hmm. people are always saying to us, you know, um, what they're reading, what they're going to read next, you know, and Mm. I feel that that's just such a great way to interact with people. Mm. So it really just wasn't Australia, was it? No, well, it started, that's it. It started to travel overseas, even though we were kind of over there. Our, our engagement's pretty Australian because I'm a very mm. Australian. Mm. I don't know the way I am, I suppose. Yeah, it started to reach, I think when it starts to reach celebrity and stuff like that, and then they're starting to share your shit, it's getting a bit out of hand. Mm. And how did you feel about that? I don't know because I was working so hard to make that happen for so long and then it kind of seemed to accelerate through another five to ten years Mm. of progression in a few months. Mm -hmm. I was so excited but so driven to not fuck it up and I still Mm. am. Just Mm. like go, 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 let's go. Like Mm. I'm here for this shit. But what was weird is that I couldn't leave the house. Because was, of COVID. I was living out of a fucking bag because I didn't think I was going to stay in Australia. I was just stopping here to sort our visa shit out and play some shows, do some live stand-up and go back to the States. But that all changed very quickly. Mm-hmm. Suddenly, my phone wouldn't stop ringing and mm-hmm. I had so much on here. Now I can't fucking leave. <laughs> yeah. yeah, wow. But, yeah, it went it went through the roof, my phone. just It was people mm-hmm. I hadn't spoken to and... 10 years to TV channels, the radio stations, people offer, make, you know, offer me 
all sorts of stuff. Sign this and exclusive that. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Cats and cat owners deserve better than any old-fashioned litter. That's why I teamed up with scientists and veterinarians to create Pretty Litter. Its innovative crystal formula has superior odor control and weighs up to 80% less than clay litter. Pretty Litter even monitors health by changing colors to help detect early signs of potential illness. It's the world's smartest kitty litter. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. How did you deal with all of that? Uh, very cautiously, I've always played it pretty close to my mm. chest with what I do. I don't, mm. I have no interest in just making money. Mm. The joke is way more important. The mm. fucking art mm. that I'm creating, if you can call it that, is, the message is way more important than, you know, a superannuation. Mm. Mm. Absolutely. I, I totally <laughs> agree with you. And also, at some point, you know, money is enough money, you know, yeah. just live on what you get. That's it, but I think at that stage it was all it's all about that. Mm. People see dollar signs when they see mm. someone getting attention. So I got a manager, I did the right thing and mm. found a management and that I could, couldn't recommend that more. Yeah. <laughs> I don't fucking well, – if you I don't mean, understand the thing, get a lawyer, get a manager. Well, that's right because everybody has different skill sets, mm. you know. I mean, it's like running this business. I mean, people do things that they're good at and I can't do everything. Yeah, no, yeah. that's it. I think it's tough to – give over mm. your thing to someone else or ask for help sometimes. But, yeah, mm. stuff like that's really good. Mm. If you're unsure, ask someone. Mm. Definitely. Um, now, I, I think I got this wrong because we spoke recently um, when you were at our lunch. Mm. From watching the video, I assumed you were a trained chef. Yeah, no. You've got that technique. Yeah, thanks. Yeah, so where did you learn to cook? YouTube. Right. <laughs> <laughs> no, I am... Um, <laughs> Well, a bit of uh, mostly just self-taught stuff, like really? just watching, getting really fascinated over the way people cook. I'm sure it's probably a bit similar for you too, you know, you're just watching and people loving food a lot around you. My dad's that person, mm. always cooking for mm. big bunches of people. I started doing that at a young age and mm. cooking for heaps of people. That's second nature to me now. I can cook and... Mm. I think... Th- Two things. The point I'm trying to make here is I think that I cook well, right, yeah. just to cook, but also, too, I'm very, very interested in flavour. I'm not fussy, but it has to yeah. taste good. Yeah, that's it. Um, but I don't have that the way I saw you plate up food, the way I saw you handle a fry pan. I just thought, mm. oh, wow, you've got – I just assumed you had way more skills yeah. than, than just an ordinary cook, if you like. I'm very performative. <laughs> you are? <laughs> yeah, I'm very um... – because it's like you were shaking up that fry fry pan for years. Yeah, well, I had been. Yeah, but I really liked when I I would like I mimic things that yeah I like. I think people do that. Creatives do that stuff. Yeah, whether maybe. you like it or not, I've accidentally cracked someone's joke before. <laughs> but the I love that about the cooking. I love the throwing the things around, and it's I love theater, the theatre, isn't it? Learning all the way down to sharpening knives mm. in such a 
way. So it's, mm. the whole thing's a bit of a show if you want it to be. Mm. And I love that. Well, you make it a show. Mm. Yeah, mm. I hate a kitchen tucked away where you can't be with the people you're feeding to. I really like that. Look, I've designed all my living spaces mm-hmm. over the years. It's all about the kitchen. It is, huh? Yeah, 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 yeah definitely. I started cooking, I'm a family of six, and as I said, Lebanese Australian, and I took an interest in the kitchen very early on. So by the time I was nine, I think I was cooking for the eight of us or six of us every mm, night. Wow. Yeah, so I'm good at bulk food. Yeah. <laughs> That's for sure. It's a good skill. It's a good skill to have, actually. Um, nine. But I have, wow. I'm learning all the time. Mm. You never know enough. Mm-hmm. I watch a lot of YouTube video. Like, I, you know, I, I love watching cooking. Mm-hmm. Not cooking shows like MasterChef and stuff like that. I'm not into that. Mm. But I do like to see people cook food that they love. Yeah, you can see, you can see people give a shit about their food when mm. they cook. Yeah. Mm. It's, and it doesn't have to look like this well-dressed, you know, Melbourne Cup hat at the end. Mm. It can, like, be a blob it's actually like unreal to watch you create, you know. And tastes fantastic. Yeah. We've got a, I've got a dish called Heaven Blob. It just looks rough, but it's one of the best tasting things ever. Yeah. What's in it? Uh, what have we got in Heaven Blob? It's like I use a chicken thighs. I kind of stew chicken thighs in a stack of spice, like mm. uh, like allspice and cinnamon and uh, I think there's a bit of cumin in there, lots of ginger and stock and tomato and it's just this it's kind of a bit curry-ish in mm-hmm. a way mm-hmm. then I serve it on couscous and oh, make Greek yogurt thing that goes with it it's mm. just really blobby there's a blob of that and blob mm. and mm. did you bring any in today no I didn't bring any <laughs> <laughs> no I didn't but if it's um yeah just cooked it for mate and then I was like oh fuck this is great we should yeah I think it got called that by some of my mates and I was yeah. like heaven blob now that brings me to the cookbook tell me how that came about I suppose that was an inevitability with what was going on was to, like, we've got to fucking make a cookbook. But I don't want – cookbooks are tough. Like, there's so many incredible fucking cookbooks Mm -hmm. out there. But it's also, you know, these big, beautiful, colourful things. Like, it can be – I don't know. I wanted to work out where I fit in that space. Mm -hmm. And so the idea to turn it into, like, a comic book Mm -hmm. and animate it Mm -hmm. was like it just – seemed like a ripper idea. I want to do something different. But I have... thought it was a genius idea because if you'd put out just a glossy regular cookbook, I've got to say, and I'm not um, putting them down because I love them. I've got no. quite a lot of cookbooks. Yeah, yeah. But it They're wouldn't have suited. <laughs> I love that big. Yeah. yeah. It wouldn't have suited who you are. Yeah. Well, then I need to work out how to do that too. Those yeah. fucking mammoth cookbooks like yeah. my friend Alice Zislavsky does like just – the most incredible cookbooks, but the mm-hmm. amount of fucking work mm-hmm. and time, it's incredible mm-hmm. how they make that happen. It's yeah. just what, what's her book called? Veg, is it called? In Praise of Veg. In Praise of Veg. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, she got a new one out too. Mm. They're just fucking amazing books. Mm. Yeah. But so much work goes into them. But different different stuff. That's like the amount of recipes in that book and the amount of recipes of mine are very different too. Like, mm-hmm. But th- this all belongs in that cooking space. I wanted to do something different that was a bit of fun and maybe for people that don't. Mm. Like I want to be able it to appeal to people that are massively into their food and people that have never cooked a fucking thing in their life. I want mm. everyone to be able to have a laugh and get and into it. And it's non-intimidating. 
Mm. It's an entry level that everybody can get in at. That's yeah. what I thought about it. You know? And enough challenge in there if you're up for it. You know? That's right. And we That's had a right. little challenge meter on yeah. there. Well, because I think the challenge being because you're um, you're an experienced cook. Like, mm. you know, there is that there as well. Yeah. It's not like, you know, um, I don't want to bad mouth people, but, you know, like three ingredients or six. I mean, yeah. I can't deal with that kind of book. But anyway, <laughs> let's not go there. Fair enough. No, that's right. Let's talk about your new book. Mm. Um, talk to me about that. A hot take on the advice you never asked for. Where so, did that come from? Uh, I suppose the overall message of, of Nat's what I reckon has been to just fucking cut the shit. And mm. like I was mentioning earlier, stick it to the normalcy in the world. Mm. And there's a lot of... Like jar sauce, there's a lot of things on earth that seem to demand a lot of you in mm. this kind of ridiculous way. And this book is about those one-size-fits-all fucking live, laugh and love suggestions and these good vibes-only stickers on stuff and being told that everything happens for a reason and mm. that you can't gain anything unless you go through all this pain and all, you know. There's a lot to laugh at there and there is a lot to have a chat about and I fucking... I'm just on one to have a fucking go at that stuff. Within that, there's a chance to talk about mental health shit. Mm. And I think a lot of people's struggles with mental health include being told stupid shit that doesn't... Yeah, because you're not perfect. Or, you know, if you work hard, you can be successful. Mm. I mean, that is the biggest lie. It really is. Because I think for so many people, they work hard for a very yeah. long time and nothing happens in the end. You oh. know? It's a tough one, isn't it? Yeah. It's like I think being told someone having a hard time that's, I don't know, maybe they're sick or they've yeah. got a sick family member, for example, being told that everything happens for a reason in that moment is not, A, it's not fucking appropriate and B, it's a bit old and burnt out. And well, and it's not true. It's not, well, it's not true. It's at least yeah. not true to me. Yeah. But it's important to say that I think mm. it's just like <laughs> do you know when I realise that a lot of it is about where you're born a lot of it is about mm. luck and mm -hmm. hard work many many years ago I was in my early 20s and I was living in Marrickville on Addison Road and I was living in an apartment mm. above a clothes mm. pressing like it was like yeah, a yeah. laundromat and there were maybe 10 young Vietnamese Australian men in there and they would be there from about 6am to 6pm mm. And don't tell me that's not hard work that yeah, gets you not very brutal. far mm, because brutal, yeah. so many jobs pay so little. And it wasn't until then I'd walk past those people every morning that I realised that that's a furphy. If a, you, a furphy? Yeah, working hard. Well, I don't know what the word furphy means. Sorry. You don't know? <laughs> I know it's a beer. Oh, is that a generational thing? Yeah, maybe. But the beer campaign is about the furphy, right, is okay. telling a lie. So it's oh, like furfies a, are lies, is it? Yeah, well, it's kind of a not truth. A porky pie. Oh, yeah, it's yeah. kind of a porky pie. Or bullshit, actually. is all I would call that. Stuff, yeah. <laughs> Isn't that funny? It must be generational. Mm. Although I saw a poster for that furfy beer, and they were they were playing on the on the meaning of yeah, it. Yeah, okay. There you go. Well, it's fucking washed straight over me that campaign. <laughs> Obviously. <laughs> Obviously, it's a generational. I thing. thought it was like yeah, I thought it was maybe Sarah Furfy or John Furfy. So no, no, yet. it's oh. telling a Furfy. Well, there you go. There you go. <laughs> you learn something new every day. Look at us go. So this book is based on that. It's it, a, it's a big mental health chat and it's a big shit hang on just some ridiculous mm -hmm. day to day stuff. And mm. the, I think everyone's been told or had to 
read or had to digest mm-hmm. subliminally somehow. Mm-hmm. Like it's just, and it's it's maximum having a laugh. I'm trying mm-hmm. to have a good laugh, but also a bit of like mm-hmm. real talk in there too. You know. Mm. So I know that you're working with um, uh, some mental health organisations. Um, <clears throat> Can you give me some information? Because I don't know. Sometimes I think it's more prevalent than it was, but I, I'm basing that yeah. just on what I'm feeling. What mm. can you tell me? Well, I think particularly at the moment after lockdown COVID, and COVID yeah. and stuff like that, anyone that yeah. had any scary of a mental health issue that yeah. was now incredibly pronounced mm. well, it would have been fucking given a lot of fuel. Mm. And it's, spending a lot of time on your own, you're kind of forced to deal with yourself a lot and I think there's a huge amount of people Mm. that didn't do too well Mm. during that. Mm. Oh, look, you know, I've been living alone for a very long time Mm. but I have never been lonely Mm -hmm. until COVID. Yeah. Because living alone during COVID was very different to living alone. Very different. I mean, you know, the fact that, I mean, my whole life is based on feeding people and Mm. drinking and, and, you know, just, and then I couldn't have that. That's your support networks all just fucking... Taken off here, yeah. Mm. And you're given shit like Zoom. You can just mm. Zoom your mates. That'll mm. do. Like, Lucky I had a little flight, fluffy white dog. Uh-huh, um, cool. Yeah, and he was exercised to an inch of his life. <laughs> <laughs> but not a lot of people had that either. No. A lot mm. of people bought pets. They did, yeah. I think it was good for the pound and yeah. animal rescue. They yeah. were all just cleaned out, which is great. Yeah. I do worry about how that translates after COVID, yeah. but... That's good. It's yeah. good to have. I've got a couple of pets. Do you? What do you got? Two cats. I oh, have you. Mm. Yeah. I'm not sure about cats. I can't relate to cats. More yeah, of a we, dog we you're more of the pet. Yeah. In that exchange, yeah. Yeah. Like I'm yeah. the pet. Me and yeah. my partner are the pet, and the cats <laughs> kind of just wander around waving their finger and I telling will, you what to do. I will have dinner now. Thank you. <laughs> yeah. Oh, sorry. Were you having a hard time? I'm just going to come and stand under your feet while you try and walk around. <laughs> Scream at you at five in the morning because yeah. I'm hungry. Yeah, yeah. yeah the cats are like that, aren't they? I don't give a shit, but they're yeah. also adorable and really. Yeah, cats are easy too. Yeah, like they you know, for all the meows and the mm. walking around, it's kind of the point. Mm-hmm. Yeah, they're easy. With dogs, you're on. Oh, I mean, dogs. Yeah, I mean, I'm in an apartment. I've got to walk him twice a day. What, so. what breed have you got? Oh, he's a Maltese poodle. He's 16 and a half. A little rat bag. He's a little rat bag. Yeah. He's gone from being the naughtiest dog in the park mm-hmm. to the best dog in the park. Right. Because he can't hear or see anymore. I was about to say 16, he's getting yeah. on. Yeah, so he can't, you know, <coughs> interact in the trouble that he used to. He used to take on Alsatians. He used to take. Yeah. I mean, they're just. Napoleon. Mm. He was bitten twice, but he became a fast runner, you know, because right, yeah. he would bite and then run for dear life. <laughs> Very cheeky. <laughs> Very cheeky. Mm. Okay, so what's next for, for Nat? What's next? I'm going to take a month off, I think. Yeah, Christmas. Yeah, before I explode. Yeah. Yeah, Christmas is pretty tough for me. I don't, don't like it. What's another another dose of normalcy? It gives me mm. the shits too. Mm. It's like a bunch of boundary-stepping shit for a lot of people mm. having to deal with. Mm. You know, it's not a social get-together that most people would set up for themselves, you know. Mm. A lot of people find that this time of year tricky. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I'm going to take a break and then just create more and more, bigger mm. and mm. I've got ideas for more. Mm. Well, don't stop because we're enjoying it. Yeah, thanks. <laughs> Nat, thank you so much for your time today. Hey, thanks for having me. Cheers.
If you'd like more information about Better Reading, follow us on Facebook or visit betterreading.com.au. This podcast is proudly sponsored by Belinda Audio. Belinda Audiobooks are available on CD and MP3 from online booksellers and bookshops everywhere, or you can download from Audible, Google Play or the iBookstore. We've also created our own app called BorrowBox that's available from both the App Store and Google Play. All you need to do to get it working is to download the app, join your local public library, and you'll gain access to the world's best collection of e-books and e-audiobooks available for you to loan on your phone or your personal device. Belinda, we're here to enable you to escape, imagine, grow, and be inspired through the power of storytelling. Belinda Audiobooks. Anywhere. Everywhere. Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here, and it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt-free. Hello Fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan-crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at hellofresh.com. Hey, it's Paige DeSorbo from Giggly Squad. High-quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince. I'm snagging high-end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more, with Quince being 50 to 80% less than similar brands. And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that. Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. Quince.com slash style. Traffic jams, tailgating, pileups. Ugh, the joys of driving. How could it get worse? The federal government wants to have a say in what you drive. That's right. The Biden administration's EPA is pushing mandates that would ban two out of every three vehicles on the road today. Don't let Washington become your backseat driver. Protect the freedom of driving your way. Visit energycitizens.org. Paid for by the American Petroleum Institute. If you enjoyed this podcast, leave us a review and check out the other podcasts on the Better Reading Network.